Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Do you want to use visual storytelling to change lives? Do you feel called to develop filmmaking skills that expand your reach or use your existing skills to tell more meaningful stories? Walla Walla University offers a Master of Arts degree in cinema, religion, and worldview. This two-year hybrid master's program means you'll spend two weeks each year on campus in intensives and the remaining time learning online, so you can continue to earn while you learn. To learn more and apply, visit filmforhim.org slash called. That's F-I-L-M, the number four, H-I-M dot org slash called. And when you apply now for the summer 2019 cohort, you can have the $50 application fee waived by entering code ABSURDITY when you submit your application. Enter the promo code ABSURDITY on the application to have your $50 application fee waived. Earn your Master of Arts in Cinema, Religion, and Worldview. Tell stories. Create change. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack, life, culture, theology. Hey everyone, welcome to Absurdity, a podcast where we explore all things absurd in religion, culture, and society. And I'm joined today by my co-host on what is going to be your last time that we get to do this while you're in Chattanooga. Hooey! So, for now. For like three weeks until I come back for a wedding. Yeah. So, Tony, thanks for being here uh, and for joining us and, and joining joining me. Us being me. The royal we, yeah. The two listeners that we have. Um, <laughs> I'm always pleased to have sugar around. You yes. I can take. You <laughs> you I can give or take. But sugar is yes. always a pleasure. Um, well, before we jump into it, I do want to say, well, I'm going to be talking about this until it's over. Um, but if you haven't listened to last week's episode on um, the Scratch Faith and Creativity with Kevin Christensen, you should uh, for some backstory on what I'm about to talk about. But basically, right now I'm in the middle of a Kickstarter, and that Kickstarter is for a new SDA news aggregator, Seventh-day Adventist news aggregator. Basically, uh, we're t- going to be taking uh, macro-level Adventist news and condensing it down into one article that is sent to people's inboxes that they can access online uh, with links back to original articles so that they can dive deep on whatever they want. 
Um, so it's meant to be a way that you can stay engaged with Adventism and what's going on without having to spend hours trying to research it. In addition to that, we uh, also have uh, created uh, a section called In-Depth Histories, and those In-Depth Histories are uh, meant to chronicle long-term sagas or conflicts in the Adventist Church. So an example, and the one that we're actually launching with, is we have created an in-depth history on women's ordination from 1984 up until now. Now, we understand that women in ministry goes way back to the beginning of Adventism, but specifically within the realm of pastoral ministry as a church denomination, we've been handling it uh, only since 1984, and so the in, in like official motions and stuff. And to give you an example of how much time we hope this saves— um, our in-depth history on women's ordination is super short, super easy to find, and when we were doing the research to to compile that, uh, I remember I was looking for this specific motion we voted on in 1990, and it took me an hour and a half, and I knew where to look, which is ridiculous. Yeah. So, like, no, it, it imagine is. someone who doesn't know where anything is or what anything is. So, uh, it's meant to be able to catch you up to speed so that you can have informed conversations about what's going on in Adventism. And uh, but the Kickstarter is for twelve thousand dollars. That goes to website he- fees. That goes to paying our writers team, paying our development team, designers team, um, basically paying people to do this because we believe in honoring people's work. Um, it goes to um, putting some a little bit of money in the bank so that we can expand formats down the road into audio and video, and uh, just continuing to um, to grow this. So it'll fund us for the first year. And uh, if you want to see more, see an example of what our articles look like, you can head over to www.thescratchnews.com, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So consider supporting that. Every dollar helps, um, but you can check out that. There's a link to the Kickstarter there. Um, And please support. Please share it. Uh, It would mean the world to us. But honestly, we're going to do it whether we get funded or not. The funding just helps everyone get honored with financial compensation sooner. Um, But our team came on board understanding that this could be a volunteer thing. Um, but they're passionate enough about this that they're willing to, and I really want to honor them for the work that they're doing. I really believe that's important. Well, and, and it's just going to help because when you're volunteering, there's only so much time yep. that you can give. But yep. when it's a job, like you can give, you can just legit give more time. Yep, absolutely. When it's something now, it's not like a full time job or anything. It definitely right, is like yeah, a, no, it's like a sure. free. It's almost like a freelance basis. Like it's it's paid on a on a per work basis. But I mean, it's something, and and like that matters. And so that's that. Um, I'm going to talk about that every single time that we uh, that we do this until July 9 when the Kickstarter ends. But please go check that out. www.thescratchnews.com. All right. Done. Um, so, Tony, let's talk about some current events that have totally messed up our uh, episode calendar. Yeah, absolutely. Our very informal episode calendar well, that we already were Yeah, I was going to say, like, like <laughs> when we wrote it down, we knew this is not going to be... Yeah the calendar at all but it was it's just nice to have that structure because we knew things like this are going to happen where we'll get an idea or um you know one of our listeners will, will hand us something and one of our team members will hand us something and it's like ooh, we need to talk about this or it'll just kind of inspire a perfect storm of like creativity yeah absolutely well and the other thing it does is it prevents us from sitting down 20 minutes before we record and go hey what what are we talking about <laughs> Because both of us have ADHD. We've never done that ever. Nope. We've always been ever. very intentional always, about the topic. That has together. not been like episodes 55 through 78. That, <laughs> that has not been like episodes not... one up to now. Yeah. That is, <laughs> that is the... We've had a couple that we've known like ahead of time. Yeah. Like I know the Michigan recordings, we did that. Yep. But that was because we knew like ahead of time we were going to have that recording. Like, yeah. Sometimes the problem is that 
like we don't have a set recording schedule. Yeah, exactly. So we have the times because that we so normally hard. record, yeah. but it's not dependable all the time. So yeah. it's kind of like, hey, are you free sometime this Sunday? In the vague. Yeah, this will work kind of ish for yeah, me. Exactly. That's exactly how we do things. This is our version of date night. Like that's just. It is. It's it our. Is. It's our. Um, yeah. Kind so, of. Yeah. So current events uh, being that uh, in the U.S. there's a Southern Baptist, I believe. I think he's Southern Baptist. Now that I'm saying it, I'm like second guessing myself, but I'm going to go with it. Um, Southern Baptist pastor who is, and by the way, I say that not because I think he represents the whole of the Southern Baptist that Convention. What That's literally just what he identifies as. So it's not shots at any denomination or group. I'm just telling you what his background is. Um, so he, his name is Steven Anderson. It, it and, is Baptist. I don't know if it's Southern Baptist. Okay. Um, well, he is, um, yeah, his name is Steven Anderson. He pastors in Tempe, Arizona. Um, the Faith, the Faith, World Baptist Church, I think is what it's called. And basically, he is known for being anti-LGBT. He's known for being very uh, conservative and traditional in his views, um, to the point that their website actually literally says, like, expect nothing liberal or contemporary here. Uh, He's very KJV only, and he's a pastor that looks like he's probably in his early 40s or late 30s. Like, he's not, this isn't, this isn't... 37. Like, okay, there you go. 37, yeah. yeah, so um, he's, it's not like this is some old guy who's, who's at the end of his career and just doesn't care anymore. This is a dude who's very much in the middle of his career and uh, very established. And I think and, he's a part-time pastor. I don't... Oh, no, he, he's... Is well, he full-time? He's full-time, I think. He owns and, a business. I know that. Yeah. He's... The interesting thing, he actually has a, pa- he actually has a sermon on YouTube you can find that, um, that is just blasting Adventists. Uh, how Adventists are a cult and how we're terrible because we worship Ellen White, which isn't true. We don't. Uh, <laughs> we're terrible, just, but not for that. Yeah, we, we have issues. That's not... Some, for some Adventists it is, but that you could say that of literally individuals in any faith community, yeah. that there are always outliers. And what's funny is, um, based on kind of general opinion, Stephen Anderson as a pastor is an outlier in his own denomination. Yeah, like, he's gonna, the outlier. I was going to say, like a lot of times... These kind of really strong personalities develop yeah. cult like like yep. Jerry Falwell has a cult yep. at Liberty University. You can absolutely yep. say that if you really wanted to get into it. Like there are people who absolutely have like this this kind of cult like following. So it's ironic that they always mm-hmm. call us out for being a cult where it's like, um nah. Yeah. Not really. Well, and there's this is one of those things. So he was scheduled to to speak May twenty sixth in Dublin, in Ireland. And for, for those of you um, who grew up in the American <laughs> school system, that's in Ireland. Yes. And uh, he's I mean, we have a Rome, Georgia, so <laughs> it's yeah. not it's not like that. Yeah. It's not. It's completely possible. that no, I was going to yeah. say, like, yeah, no, like Dublin, Ireland in. in yes. I was going to say in Europe, they would assume Ireland. So for all our Norwegian listeners, like they know what we're talking about for Americans. There's a yeah. Dublin, I think, in like five states or something. Yes, exactly. So. Um, he was supposed to speak May 26. Someone created basically a petition online that get, garnered like 14,000 signatures. And the justice minister, uh, Charlie Flanagan, got word of this, got wind of this, and caught himself up to speed on, on Stephen Anderson and banned him from Ireland by exclusion order. Now, an exclusion order is a uh, in Ireland is a provision under the Immigration Act of 1999, Ireland, not America, where... 
um, the justice minister can, by exclusion order, which is kind of like an executive order in for for the justice minister. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like he can just do it. He doesn't have to really consult anyone, is what I'm saying. Like he can just yeah. sign it and... Yeah. And ban someone. It's up. It's up to their discretion. Yes. If there's a, and, if there's like evidence, and mm-hmm. you can, yeah. And here's the kicker: Stephen Anderson is the first person to ever be excluded under the order since it was passed in 1999. That is wild. Twenty years, Ireland went not banning anyone. Like you'd think, maybe someone from Westboro Baptist. You'd think, like, I don't know, literally, maybe even like by uh, by show of like support or just to make a statement like Osama bin like I I don't know you could ban literally anyone and the first person that gets banned is a pastor who's scheduled to speak in your country 20 years later that is wild to me so well um, and also like to me I think it just says this isn't something that they do you know what I mean like yeah. this isn't no I'm not saying it was widely flippant. done I'm just saying it, it shocks like, me that well, it was no, but that's why because it's yeah. like it's the first one so it's like if if they did this like three or four times a year, I'd be like, okay, well, eh, that kind of makes sense that that would be the guy. But it's like, oh, no, 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 no. We saved this one for you. We were waiting for a very special. Yes. And you were it. Exactly. So that's that's literally, so to give you some background on Steven Anderson, and I'll throw a link up to a couple news articles in the show notes so that you can kind of catch yourself up to speed on this too. Um, but basically, he, some some a, a summary of some of the things that, that Steven Anderson has been known for saying. And we're not saying this to witch hunt him. We're not saying this like no, you this, go. Th- he's very open like, about. Yeah, it. this is this is this just is him. what he has done yeah. openly. You in can public. go watch any of these sermons. I've not watched. conspiracies. Mm-hmm. He will admit this. If we had him here, he would be like, "Yeah, I said that." Yes. Um, he applauded the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting, which ironically uh, is the thing is the event that was the catalyst for this podcast. Um, that was fallout kind of, or not fallout, but the aftermath of that. Yeah, event, the, the reaction to um, was was kind of my reaction was to create a space for conversation on issues that I think really shouldn't have ever happened, shouldn't still be a thing right now. And the, the shooting in LGBT hate is one of those things. Um, so he applauded the, 26, uh, the 2016 Pulse nightclub shooting in, in Orlando where 49 uh, mostly gay patrons were killed. And he said that they deserved to die. That was one of the things that that he had said. He also told his congregation in 2009 that he praised that he was praying daily for the death of Barack Obama, uh, right after he was elected. And in 2014, he proposed the extermination of LGBTQ people as a cure for AIDS. So he was excluded from Ireland because of his anti-LGBT and hate speech. That was basically the that was the reasons given. Um, and here's the kicker. In addition to Ireland, he's already he's been banned from the UK, Canada, Jamaica, Botswana, South Africa, and the Netherlands. And he was in Botswana, and he found out a week, I think a week after he had been banned from yeah. South Africa, and then he was being deported. He got deported. That's the one that shocks me is Botswana, because I don't know anything yep. about Botswana. Netherlands, known for free speech. Like, they're very protective of that fact, almost to the point where, like, you, it's almost you know they they can be kind of disrespectful, right? So they drew cartoons of Muhammad there, and that's it's a big deal yeah. for them. Free speech, uh, the UK not typically a free speech, but you know they they yeah. they're like, hey, if you're a jerk, you know we don't yep. want you there. Uh, South Africa, of course, is a huge proponent of uh, equality and yep. and tolerance, uh, but Botswana, that one kind of like, huh? 
all right, way to go, Botswana. Like, that's, yes. Wow. All right. I would yeah. not have called that. Like, yeah. Well, and, and that's the, like, Botswana isn't the first country that comes to your mind when you think, like, countries that this person may have been banned from. I'm not saying that Botswana isn't like a country or, right. No, no, it's no. Just, no. Like, but not, it's like, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. You just, like, don't. I wouldn't have called that. Yeah. Like, you know, Japan, I know, is very, very careful. Um, they like they banned Robert Robert Downey Jr. Like he couldn't go promote well, and, Avengers movies, yeah. uh, Giant Depp. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Germany banned him, considering he's a Holocaust denier. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Germany would be another one that I would think like, oh yeah, Germany's gonna gonna um, ban you. Um, probably France. Mm-hmm. I guess it was France would be another one that would say nope, thank you, but no. Um, most of the Scandinavian countries. Um. Yeah, just like it, it just kind of it was one of those places that just really yeah. it threw me for a loop. It yep. just threw me for a loop. It was like, wow, that's so cool. And I think I don't think it's cool that they were like, we don't want you here. Don't don't get me wrong, but I think it's awesome that they said this. We're not going to tolerate this kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm always yeah. Whenever this type of thing goes on, because here's the thing, when it comes to free speech, I think a lot of times as Americans, we take that free speech and we don't understand what that means. Um, You're allowed to say whatever you want legally. There are still consequences for saying stupid things. Like, it just means that you're not going to get sent to the gulag. Yeah, like the government isn't going to come and arrest you. So there's no legal ramifications for you saying something unless it's like under the case of like defamation. Or, yeah, and I was or, like, but even that, but even that like or death threats. You at least get a threats. trial. Yeah. yeah. Like you because you can say some things. I'm not gonna you, <laughs> there are certain phrases You have a right to say there are certain you phrases. You don't have that, yeah. a right to not face consequences. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is like you you can say whatever you want and then go to court and say, well this falls under my, you know, first right of you know, First Amendment uh, rights. Um but that doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if you say, I want to shoot whatever, or I want to blow up this, or I want to, like, you can't just say those things. Like, go to an airport, say the word bomb. I dare you. No, don't dare. No, no Tony, uh, stop. Nope. I take it. No, I am kidding. But seriously, like, you, there are certain phrases that, yeah, you have a right to free speech, but there are going to be consequences. There are going to be major consequences yeah. for saying those things. Well, and the other um, side of that, too, is like, you have free speech and First Amendment rights in America. In America. And that's the other thing is, like, just because, and I think this is the other thing, just because you have a platform doesn't mean you should. Like, that's why I really respect, I don't like a lot of what he did, but Teddy Roosevelt's quote, this one particular quote I appreciate, which is, speak softly and carry a big stick. Um. I, I find that no, the irony being, of course, that I am a talker, so I say way too much, which is why I think it stands out to me because I think there's a value in stopping and listening rather than in talking and just knowing, like, hey, if I have a platform, let me be very careful about what I say because I fully acknowledge the fact that what I say here on on this podcast has consequences. Like I'm aware, yeah, of that like fact. when you just dared someone to do something <laughs> uh, that would be a felony. That was uh, the disclaimer that was intended in jest. That was not serious. Um, <laughs> but like the, the reality is like when you say things like there are consequences to that and there should be, mm-hmm. in my opinion. 
But I also think you should have the right to be able to say that. Like, there's a right. And the other part of the First Amendment that if you actually read it through, it's really more the right of disagreement um, because it's free speech of the press. Like, that was the big thing is the right to say, I disagree with the government on this. I disagree with Mm -hmm. uh, the president on this. That's really what free speech is Mm -hmm. about um, because when it comes to, especially when it came to uh, the American Revolution and the War of Independence, um, England still to this day has very, very tight censoring laws. Um, and they're, they've are they loosened up to a degree, but they are not really... They're, they're, it's tighter than America. Versus in America, you can say on in, in writing, our president is horrible. And t-. You can say what um, uh, 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 Stephen Anderson said about Obama, right? Now, obviously, that's going to get you on a secret uh, uh, so, uh, a list. secret service list, but you can say that they're not going to come arrest you immediately. You can, I can say, I disagree with X party's policies um, versus if that party was in control in, say, a dictatorship. Well, I, you know, in in communist Russia, you literally couldn't say, "I think the party is wrong," like you couldn't say that. There yeah. were major, major, major consequences for that. Um, and so I think that's cool. The problem is we get in this idea of, well, since I have free speech, there are no consequences. And then we create this uh, persecution complex, right, of, oh, well, they're coming after me now. And it's like, no, those are those are just consequences. That's, it's not even karma. That's just, a, like, you know what I mean? That's just common sense. Well, I think... Okay, so I, I, I have two things here. Um, number one, I know that these countries have banned him. I'd be interested to see what, um, not what ground they stand on, but how consistent they are in this kind of thing. Um, I'm looking at an example right now to channel my inner nerd of uh, Riot Games, who's the maker of the game League of Legends. And over the last six months, they've been facing huge criticisms and backlash from, from the gaming community, not from gamers necessarily, but from just the gaming community at large, because there's been an ongoing culture of sexual harassment um, and inappropriate jokes and sexual humor in the office where it's almost like if you don't participate in it, you are ostracized and it hurts your career. Um, and it's almost like it's a, it's an expected part of working there, male or female. And uh, so huge criticisms, backlash coming out. But then yesterday they release a, a statement against one of uh, their, their pro team uh there's a League of Legends pro scene. It's called the the uh, in in North America. It's the North America or it's the Le- uh, the League Championship Series, and uh, one of the teams that that's franchised there. Um, one of their owners, one of the parent company owners, uh, since has been known to be has been, just been basically revealed. He's been saying racist remarks and sexual remarks to people, super abusive, and um, so Riot investigated it and said basically they have 60 days to deal with this individual, the owner that, that is saying those things, or there will be serious consequences. Just find that ironic. Yeah. Like, just find that I do like, as I say, but not, not as, as I, I do. do. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you've got things like that. So I'd be interested to see just how consistent this kind of thing is, or if it was just a response to the 14,000 signatures, which, to be fair, this is the first time I've seen one of those petitions work. Yeah. I've signed a lot of change.org petitions, never seen yeah. one work. But... Um, so the second thing I think along the lines of persecution complex is, I mean, sure, people do it in general, but I see it, I see it worse. Um, I see it the worst in the Christian community. And maybe that's yes. just because that's the community I'm in, so it's the one that's right in front of right, me. Yeah. But 
Holy cow. I mean, we take, and, and, and here's why there's the verses that Jesus says, you know, you'll be, if, you know, uh, if I'm treated this way, imagine how basically how bad you'll right, be treated. Yeah. No, right? he, he says, yeah, you're going to, if you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. Yeah. The world, the world like hated me. Fact. And remember, like when you were hated, remember the world hated me first. I could get and... into the Greek of it because I just studied, but like, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's, he's like, no, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you think of quotes like, um, we've, we've created quotes like, uh, if don't worry, if you have enemies, it means you're on the right track. And basically what we've yeah. done is, is we've made, we've turned disagreement with you as affirmation that you're doing the right thing, which is terrible. Or, or just any resistance. Like, the world is not black and white like that, but yeah. we've turned it into black and white. I, I'm, I hate to just go to that extreme, but I'm just going to like Hitler had enemies. Hitler had people that disagreed and resisted. That does not mean he was doing the right thing. I wasn't going to go that far, but I was going to say the the Kim Davis from the Kentucky paralegal oh, that yes. refused to sign thing. Like she was very much like that. Yeah, like she was like, oh yeah, and I'm like, no, no, no. You work for the government. Like I get that you were making a stand, but you're not a hero for not doing your job. You know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. like, you, you're not like, because people were literally comparing her to Rosa Parks and, you know, the civil disobedience kind of a thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. Rosa Parks was a citizen saying the law is not okay. Like, the, you, this was a, empl- this a government was an employee, employee like, elected quit, government yeah, employee. Quit, quit your job if yeah. you don't want to do that. That's like, the pro, the, that's the, the, the proper thing. And then, and then say, no, I will boycott yeah. and I will resign and you get my letter of resignation. Not signing that was you just bad at your job. Like you, it's not a it's not a hero complex, and so that is the that is the the, the real struggle that I see a lot of times is that they took that and they were like, oh, they're all coming after because of this. It's like no, legally they have a right to do that. But you were, I I think kind of going to Hitler as the extreme. I think is is also that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you can like any time. I, I, I'll, I'll give an example. I have to be a little bit careful. I was at, I'll just say, a church. And the, the pastor at this church invited a judge from the community, I think it was a county judge or something, uh, to come in and just say some things. And it was supposed to be, this is how what I, I think happened. And I'm going to assume the best. The judge came in and he was supposed to just do like a quick five and like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. It's great to be, you know, at a church. This is our community. This is what I'm trying to do. It turned into a 45-minute sermon about how those liberals in Austin aren't going to stop him from praying in his courtroom before he does it every single yep. time. Doggone it. And everyone cheered. And I was like, um, if I was a Muslim guy and a Christian beat me up, and left me for dead in an alley, and I walk into a courtroom, and I see that the judge is praying to Jesus, the same guy that the dude who beat me up is, and they both happen to be white, and I'm a brown dude who prays to Allah, I'm not going to have a really great sense that I'm getting my way. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, I my immediate thing was, and I don't, it didn't bother me he was praying, I'm a Christian, Right? My problem was, dude, you're not the victim here. Like, they have a legit case against you. Yeah. You're supposed to be a judge. Like, 
the but no, he's following what he believes. Supposed to be blind. No, but if he believes, it's and, completely true. Yeah, and and, it's, and that's exactly it. It's like the amount of and, and I will say this: the amount of your belief in something does not equal the validity of your argument, and it does not equal the uh, uh, the the righteousness of your cause. No, but I think I think there's another thing because we can easily be accused of a double standard. Um, in I, that, yeah. in that, um, a you and I would do this not the same thing in that context. But if someone was coming after us dis- because of or banned us from a country because we because they disagreed with our beliefs, we'd probably have a similar reaction. Which, to be fair, Stephen Anderson has not actually commented on this yeah, yet no, that I know of. I haven't seen. So anything. he actually hasn't reacted to this. So I can guess but, what he's saying, but no, yeah. he hasn't officially. Um, but it would it would not be a surprise to either of us, and I don't think it would be a surprise to anyone listening to this that. Like he would probably martyr, take that as yeah. affirmation. Yeah, and he's, he's a, a martyr, martyr for the cause. Case, yeah. And but the thing is, like even earlier, you said you know just because you have something to say doesn't mean you deserve the platform. Um, the only people that I ever hear cr- making that claim or criticizing that others shouldn't have a platform just because they have something to say say so from their platform. Yeah, like we never actually. Yeah. Like I think it is important for even us to be able to say like, should we have this platform? just because we think we have something to say. Like the, the the problem is that no one ever questions themselves, but they'll be happy to question everyone else. Right, yeah. I mean, I think the other thing is you have to have a certain level of responsibility when when you have a platform of yep. being valid and true to yourself. So in that sense, I respect what he says, but I think the difference being I'm not going to pretend that if someone, and I've and I have received, I mean, you know, no joke. I have received criticism for the things that I've said on here, and you have. I've received most of it because that's how this dynamic works. You get the positive. Well, stuff. also the jokes <laughs> that I was making for a while back just got taken way too seriously. Yeah, and so um, no, but like, and and I didn't like I didn't feel unjustly persecuted for what I was. It was like, no, okay, I said that. You took it. You you decided to react that way, and that's valid. Like I didn't doubt the validity of their feelings. I was just like, well, okay. I mean, you have a right to feel that way. It doesn't. Yeah. It's not going to change. Or but the I'm difference not is, retract. yeah, you disagreed and you didn't retract. But what you didn't say was, "Cool, you disagreeing with me is affirmation that I'm right." Yeah, exactly. Like I didn't, I didn't go on the next episode and say, "See, they said it was wrong. They're coming after me." And yeah, they, it's like I'm, I don't need to build myself up in that way. I don't need that kind of validation. And beyond that, I think disagreement is what makes disagreement is what makes growth. Like you and I disagree so much more than it sounds like. <clears throat> on this podcast like you know what i mean yeah and i think a lot of times it kind of comes out every once in a while but for the most part we're on the same page but we disagree on a lot but what happens what ends up happening is we grow in our understanding whatever it is almost every single time we've ever disagreed on this podcast at the end of it we've been like oh I yeah so like i better. totally yeah. see what oh, you're yeah. saying like and yeah. in real life too like yeah. i remember sometimes we'd be in like red robin or something like in college and we'd yes. just be like well i don't think that and i don't think this and i like legit like we were arguing it was a while back i think it was about the finances and i legitimately after that episode i went back and i go you know what i totally see where ryan's coming from and and it didn't necessarily change my argument but i i it Gave me that perspective. It gave you perspective, yeah. And it made me grow as a person. And I think that's the problem with persecution complex. And this is the issue, right? Because if you want to feel like you're attacked, I mean, that's never a good feeling. Don't get me wrong. Um, It's it's never like I sit there and go, woohoo, someone said I'm a jerk. I, I don't get that. But I definitely, 
I definitely so I definitely understand when people come back and are like, "Oh man, that sucked." But if you take that martyr complex, that persecution complex, mm-hmm. what it does is that you don't listen to the criticisms, whether they're valid or not. You have to decide. But if you just discount mm-hmm. everything, you're limiting yourself. Well, and here's the thing: like the problem the the problem with the persecution complex is that. Um, with the prophecies, we're, we're, we're the problem with those kind of prophecies and the certainty that with which Jesus said, "Hey, yeah, you're gonna be persecuted, right?" And these times will come. Um, and like with Ellen White, it, it, where she says it may seem as though the church is about to fall or split, but it won't. It'll hold on or whatever. Um, the problem is when you read those and you don't really interpret them correctly, which is that you shouldn't be surprised when this comes. Um, the when you're looking for criticism, like that's the thing you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. begin Don't actively, yeah. you begin to look for the persecution, and when you're looking for it, you'll find you'll find whatever you're looking for, and Absolutely. you'll find a, it's confirmation bias is what it actually is. And so you're looking for the criticism as a way to prove the like. Honestly, this is what it seems to me. Whenever someone shouts persecution, persecution, I'm a victim. I'm a victim within Christian because of their Christianity in Western culture, right? Um, th- my first thought after like making sure their context isn't like what I feel right, is legitimate, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, like they actually haven't been stabbed because they're a Christian, but like someone just, Boko s- Haram just said, did I don't not like go you. to their, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So house and burn. anytime my first thought is like, you're, all you're doing is covering up for the insecurities in your own faith. Mm-hmm. Like you needed this to happen yeah. so that you could feel like you were right. Yeah. Um, like that's what it speaks to me is a lack of confidence and an insecurity in the faith that you claim that you are looking for this as the proof that what you believe is true. See, Jesus said it. That's, I mean, that's, and, and honestly, like a lot of Adventists do this, uh, well, with it, end times and wars and rumors yeah. of wars. And like, we're like, see, see, we were right. Jesus yeah. said things that, that happened. Well, it's, I mean, that's all over the early church. If you look at the early church fathers, mm-hmm. like. They wanted to know they were going to heaven. So they were like, well, I'm going to go preach to some Romans and like, and yep. would deliberately go out of their way to become martyrs. And um, it, it, that was one of the fascinating things when I was reading about church history was just like, so that didn't need to happen at all. Like, and they yep. basically would like go in and deliberately like poke people in the eye until they turned around and, you know, kind of Steve Irwin did like, Oh, it attacked me. Yeah. Cause you poked it with a stick. Like, you don't need to. Yeah, you didn't, you went out of your way. Now, granted, I think that there is something to be said about going to, you know, the lion's den and saying, "Hey, I'm gonna, you know, this is my context. I'm gonna preach here. I, I'm not gonna do it without fear." But I think there's a difference between deliberately antagonizing people and being antagonistic, and being willing to preach the gospel in any context. Yeah. There is a difference. Yeah. Um, and I think the other, and here's the difference. And, I, and I'll say this it's in the motivation. This is where the persecution complex, I think, comes in. The people who want to get martyred, okay, why? Why are you doing that? Is it because you desperately want the gospel to get, mm-hmm. to get spread? Is it because you're deli- like you are following God's calling and there's nothing that can stop you from doing that? Or is it because, like you were saying, your faith isn't strong enough to handle where you're at and you need to go out. Yeah. I remember you told me this great story about these two missionary families and uh, the first one God called into 
You remember where it was? Like, yeah, I don't. It was. It's from the book Radical by David Platt. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah but it was Platt, some like uncontacted tribe, cannibalistic in the of tribe in the middle of uh, East Asia, maybe. Yeah, somewhere Papua New Guinea yeah. or something like that. And uh, and everyone was like, they're gonna, you know, you're gonna die. Don't go. And they went, and sure enough, they died. And then God called the second missionary family to go to the exact same tribe. And everyone was like. Don't go. They're going to eat you. And so they went. And the tribe was like, we just killed the last group that are here. Like, what are you guys doing here? Like, we just kind of told you. And they were like, well, God called us here. So we're just, he's just going to keep sending people until you listen to what he has to say. Yes. And and they ended up listening. I mean, that's a huge paraphrase of the situation. And I'm, I am paraphrasing a story that you told me. So I haven't even read it firsthand. But that's the essence of it is like. We're trying to follow what God is telling us to do. That's persecution. To me, that is valid. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that is something where I'm like, no, yeah, that's the motivation you need to have. When I go to the Castro district in San Francisco and I just start looking at them saying God hates gays and they turn on me and go, wow, you're a jerk. That's not persecution. Yeah, because my motivation is not to go help spread the gospel. My motivation is to either get, you know what I mean, is to get attention, or it is to, it, it's a, it comes from a place of selfish understanding. It's not to truly how how can I love these people in the way that they need it? Yeah, that'll truly help them change their life. Well, you know what this, the, you know what this reminds me of is the uh, there's this video that was circulating last year where a, it's a kid and an adult at a park in a, um, it's a it's a kid and an adult in a park, like in a pavilion area. And they are, uh, the kid, the video picks up, it's actually a pretty long altercation, but the video picks up with the kid basically pushing and it's like a 12 or 13 year old kid. It's not, it's not an old kid. Maybe he's even 10 or 11. He's just, he's tall, but he looks young and he's pushing the guy. He's punching him. He's doing everything he can to get this older, this like this legitimate adult dude looks like he's like 35 uh, into baiting him into a fight. And the guy keeps trying to walk away and be the adult. The kids, there's no parents seemingly around. No one else seems to be stopping this. The kid's friends are kind of egging it on. And um, he's just going after this dude. And so the guy's about to, is trying to walk inside and just kind of walk away, um, not, not at all engaging. And the kid reaches up and punches him in the back of the head, I think. And so the dude turns around and just decks him one time. Ah. Dex him one time, the kid, and I think he either and I think he either pushes him down or he, um, but he he basically the kid ends up on the ground and immediately immediately begins crying, um, and freaking out. And of course, now if you've just looked at the situation, it looks like the old guy beat right, up the yeah. kid. He beat up this kid. Um, and then so the way this all played out was, um, the kid's mom got called, police got called, the kid's mom got called, basically, and. Um, mom agreed, like kid was in the wrong. She saw the full video. She took the full video, whatever. Then she went home and it was a very apologetic to the guy. Then she went home and edited the video yeah, down yeah. to just the part where the guy where he punches him. Yeah, and to, yeah. Posted that on social media, went viral. Everyone, this guy, I think got doxxed at one point, um, which is when your personal info is revealed online. Like someone can figure that out. Um, and 
If you think you're secure, people can do it basically just from an image of oh, you. Yeah. So good luck. Yeah. Um, no. The we're all yeah. on the grid. And so the he went to the police, and the police basically said the only way you can fight this is by releasing the whole the whole video and hope it goes viral. Like, and hope it goes just as viral. And that's what happened. He got he got lucky in that case. But like that's that video is literally the Christian persecution complex. Yeah. Personified. Uh, we. Um, we egg people on in many ways. We egg people on with either hate speech, with um, with just terrible attitudes or terrible behaviors, and then we're toxic, yeah, toxic, toxic behavior. behaviors, yeah, absolutely toxic behaviors, toxic words, and then we're surprised and angry when they when people give us when we face consequences for that, um, and we cry out persecution. How dare you? Uh, you doing this to me is doing this to God, and you're insulting God by by persecuting His people. It's like, no, 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 that's not how that works. And, um, but once again, I do think it speaks to insecurity. By the way, that video, I'm also going to try and find it and link it because that video is, uh, no, yeah, I, I'm not an advocate for hitting children, but there, there's a second of justice there. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, <sighs> I'm never an advocate for violence except when it's lit. No, um, <laughs> except no, when it yeah. happens except to when Tony it happens and yeah, then it's hilarious. Um, no, and, and I think there are legitimate times where it's a gray area. And this is the one where I'm really on the fence about uh, the, the cake maker. You know what I mean? In Colorado. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one that I really am. I'm like, man, I need to, I need to talk more. I need to talk to my, my LGBTQ plus fan, uh, uh, friends and fans. Um, <laughs> they might be out there. I, I want to talk to them. I want to get their feelings about this. I, wanna, I really want to go because some people are saying, well, it's just like, not serving black people in the South when it's food. Some people are like, this is a, this is a non-essential, like this is, you know, they can go other places and get cakes. So like, that's one that I'm so on the fence. Mm. So that's to me, a gray area where it's like, Ooh, I'm not sure. But then I look at some of these other things where it's like, no, you're like the pastor was like, I'm going to burn a Quran. And then like, ISIS was like, yeah. we're going to kill all. And, and people were like, dude, you doing this puts thousands or at least hundreds of Christian missionaries' lives at stake. Like, they're going to go yeah. hunting for Christian missionaries in places where they, they feel safe. And that, to me, and then he's like, oh, it's because, and I'm like, no. You're, you, like, it. no, you're not the victim here. Yeah. You're not the victim here. My, Stop trying to make yourself out to be the victim. My first response to that is, first of all, bold of you to assume that, A, you have fans, B, that you have B, that you have multiple fans, and C, yeah, that, that some yeah. of or one of them might be LGBTQ. <laughs> that's it's bold of you. A, hey, you uh, know what? Dress, I'm just kidding. I'm your fan, speak, Tony. Speak for the... I'm not... Unfortunately, that's, I'm straight. Yeah, but, I was going to say, uh, like, you don't Unfortunately for your hope here, I'm straight. There's so many reasons. Um, um, no, but, uh, like, like it, it, it's... you. What, what's the phrase? Dress for the job you want? I'm speaking to the fans that I no, want. No, I got you. Um, no, and, and in the case the of the cake maker, I will say this: in an age of social media where backlash can be instantaneous and without without people wanting to establish context first, like in the case of the man we just talked about before he was able to release his side of that story, um, sometimes, sometimes I hate to do this because I don't want to justify this behavior, but there are sometimes where the hatred received for Christians doing something dumb and deserving the consequences. Sometimes those consequences far out out like. Yeah, out, the response. Go f- yeah, yeah, they go. Yeah. The punishment they're, doesn't fit the crime. Yeah, they go yeah. too far, basically, uh, and that's fair. In an age of social media, things do get to go too. Like things end up going it too has far. The possibility. Too often. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. That was. I mean, it, it. We saw this at the. 
uh, Boston, the Boston bombing with Reddit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, where Reddit basically there was a whole thing after the Boston Marathon bombing they, where they identified the person, yep, quote end quote, with quote with with blurry, uh, basically street camera yeah. photos and random photography photos, like just guys that look sketchy with a backpack, and then they went and figured out how to dox those people and basically ruined their lives for yeah. a while. Um, and then the police were like, no, we actually found the guy. You yeah. were all wrong. Like, it's, it's the Bartman syndrome. You yeah. know, Steve Bartman, is, for those of you who don't follow sport, um, Chicago Cubs, baseball team, trying to get in the playoffs. Two outs, game was almost over. They were winning. Guy hits a ball. A super fan reaches out and takes the ball away from the outfielder. And they, they ruin this guy's life. Like a lifetime Cubs fan, he can't go to the games. He doesn't want to watch them anymore. Like they, they found this guy and they ruined him. And, and it's that kind of thing where it's like, the dude, it's not even his fault. And the funny thing is like the next play, they had a, a double play, but like a super easy ground ball. And the guy just booted like it was an error, like complete error. But they didn't hate on the shortstop. They hated the fan who did this. And what's frustrating to me is, like, we do that sometimes a little bit. Like, we do it on both sides where we take someone and and we build them up to be this hero too quickly. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, all this other toxic or abusive or Mm -hmm. just creepy behavior comes out. And we're like, ooh, uh, that was a little too fast. Um, And then we do it on the the negative side where it's like, oh, this person, you know, this Mm -hmm. they're evil, they're an enemy. And it's like, oh, they're just dumb. That's the thing with mob mentality. Like mob mentality mentality in 2019 on social oh, media yeah. actually tends to be effective when it comes to companies or corporations who did something legitimately bad. That actually tends to be pretty much the only yep. way that you yep. can get that company to change, which is why people are concerned with the with the possibility that Twitter will allow company profiles basic or, or yeah, profiles yeah. to control, to control what, yeah. what shows up on their profile and in mentions and 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 quotes and stuff. Well, um yeah, that that the, the, but there's a cost with with that mob mentality, which is when it's wrong, it gets it, it really wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's really wrong. Well, that's why vigilante justice, like it gets popular in the media, and I think even with Christians, we do this mm-hmm. a little bit too much. We turn into these. I want to be careful saying crusade, but like holy war. Shall we say holy war? You know, vigilante mobs. Where we're like, you know. Oliver Jesus, defend the Christian brethren. And it turns into like, oh, we messed that one up. Like we should have taken another half second, step back, and like done a little more facts. Um, and and social media tends to do that. Like you have to really mm-hmm. you yeah. and I think that's the important thing is like like you really have to step back and say, All right, what was the motivation behind this? What's going on? Um I think there are times where like it it, it absolutely comes out right. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, Louis C.K. I think is a good example of somebody that got nailed and still had a persecution complex. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Louis C.K. was a stand-up comedian. Um, he was not. He was caught up in the Me Too movement, which is a I fully support the movement. I think it's amazing. It's great. Should have happened way longer ago. Um, but he made lewd suggestions and um, put, put, let's just say he put women, vulnerable women in a very uncomfortable atmosphere. Um, and there was a power dynamic that 
was not okay. We're adults here. You can just say what he did. I uh, well, yeah, okay. Trigger warning. I, he was he was masturbating in front of girls, and even though he asked for their permission, it doesn't matter when you. It are doesn't the, matter the when power. you're the yeah when you are like in a, in a position to give them favors or t- that kind of stuff. And so he kind of did a half I'm sorry thing, and then he went underground for like six months. Well, the problem was always that he did not really give them an opportunity to say no. Like the point was, yes, you 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 ask them, but it wasn't really it wasn't really a power thing. Like you did not delegate them that power. And then he just shows up and does a show out of the blue. And people literally said, like, this is a physical manifestation of what was wrong with everything else. Nobody at that show had a chance to say whether or not they wanted to see Louis C.K. You just showed up. Mm-hmm. And that's the, exactly what the problem was. Like you learned nothing from it, and he went on there and he just said whatever he wanted. Like he blasted millennials and he blasted LGBTQ, and he he just went on and and he was like, "What? What are they going to say? They've ruined my life. My life is ruined now." And I'm like, "Dude, you ruined your life, yeah. and you didn't learn anything because if you had, you wouldn't have done the thing that yeah. you're doing right now." And to me, I think that's just a perfect example of what we as Christians sometimes do: is we we exhibit this kind of toxic behavior. We learn nothing from the backlash and instead we wrap ourselves in this defense which is oh it's because Jesus said it. Mm-hmm. Well there's this there's a show uh it is uh Stephen I can't remember oh my word I can't remember his name. Um no Ricky Gervais I'm sorry not Stephen. Ricky Gervais is on a show on I think it's Netflix and it's um it's a newer show he stars in I think he created it and wrote it as well. Um isn't it like where his wife dies or yes, something? His wife, yeah, his yeah. wife, his wife, like the, the show picks afterwards up. Afterwards or something. Yeah, his wife has died from cancer, and basically he's super depressed. And in his, in his depression, he's decided that he doesn't care anymore, and he's going to say whatever he's thinking, and he's going to be as mean as possible because it shouldn't matter. Um, he should be able to do whatever he wants. And look, whether you believe that you should be able to do what you want doesn't mean that you are able to do what you want. And and the character actually learns this very quickly in in season one. I yeah. haven't finished after season life. one, but yeah. afterlife, after yeah. Life, yeah. Um, it's uh, he he realizes this very quickly. Like, oh, there are actual consequences, even though there shouldn't be consequences. Like his idea was, he was so depressed that he said, "I don't care." And if there are consequences, suicide's my way out because I'm already unhappy. And so he was just letting that unhappiness out because he felt like he should be allowed to and doesn't matter. Um, it just because, yeah, just because you should doesn't mean that you can currently and you won't face consequences. And if you believe that it is something that you should be able to do or that should exist this way, then understand that in while pushing for that, you're likely going to be the person that doesn't ever get to do that. If you're the first person pushing for change, it's likely that you're the person that won't get to experience that change at the end. Yeah. Um, the that's just on a social or, or cultural level like that's just something that we see throughout history um the but i think the other side of this too is um there are times where i think we are legitimately victimized or persecuted i think that i think there are times where that happens the problem is that we're jumping to that conclusion before it's it, even it makes, happened it takes the gravitas away from those moments yeah, when we when get it right, it's, really boy, it's boy who cried wolf. When I say, "Oh, I'm being persecuted because I I can't," well, you're, when when I won't say one of the let's just say one of the candidates running says, "Oh, well, it's I can't," you know, it's I'm at a, a disadvantage right now because I'm a male running for president. Mm-hmm. Okay, it 
when you do that, but you do it like say in a Christian context, oh, I'm persecuted. When Stephen Anderson, you know, if he were to say, oh, I'm persecuted, mm-hmm. I'm a victim here, it makes Christians in the Middle East right now, it diminishes the sacrifices that they're going through mm-hmm. because they are legitimately at risk every day well, and let's, and, for their faith. And let's be clear, like, persecution somewhere is not persecution everywhere. Yeah. So just because some, okay, this isn't actually persecution somewhere, but I, I'm going to, persecution complex, let's, let's go with it, it yeah. right? Just because a school in another state, or a government in another state decided that they were going to allow prayer in public schools anymore as a like as an official school act, right? Um, does not mean that you, in your state, are being persecuted. Even if that did classify as persecution. That's what I'm, like, you are not the one being persecuted. And honestly, Christians aren't even being persecuted in that situation. But in general, like, that's, um, like, that's the kind of thing. Just because someone else is doesn't mean you get to adopt that cause and say, woe is me, when you're not even the one in the middle of that that issue. Um, So, well, that then begs the question, all right, keep this around, how do we in the church, A, recognize persecution and avoid... Jumping to that conclusion. Jumping to this, yeah. Because, how do we avoid this selfish martyrdom? Okay, so I have I have an example that I want to share here. So this works perfectly. I love that no. we're on the same wavelength here. No. Um, I, it's, it's, there, there are times, I've I had this happen recently. Um, I don't want to go too much into detail, but basically I was with a group brainstorming some ideas and everyone was kind of throwing out suggestions. And uh, every time that I suggested something, it was basically immediately crapped all over. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of dismissed, or I was told all the reasons that it wouldn't work and immediately without ever saying like, oh, yeah, I wonder. Oh, I could see this pitfall, but, you know, like I really do see the value in this or whatever. Like there was no, it was, it was immediate like n- resistance yeah, basically. No. And this this didn't just happen once. This happened with about four different ideas over the course of two days that I had suggested that were pretty major ideas. And I was sitting back and I was thinking, okay, there is the possibility that they're not treating me with any sort of respect. There's also the possibility that my ideas just aren't good. Right. And yeah. you have to sit yeah. back and actually like accept that possibility. And that's that that I think is the key of not jumping to conclusions is actually sitting there and weighing, uh, weighing. You're you're at a fork in the road every time something. Every time you meet resistance, you're at a fork in the road. Yeah, how am I going to react? Is this? this? Yeah, and is this resistance that I'm facing or disagreement that I'm facing justified? Like, is the problem me? Is the problem them? Is the? It's not really a is fork this, in that. Is this, it is a traditional fork in that it's not yeah, two. Yeah, it's like yeah, multiple options. Multiple, is this criticism? Is this constructive criticism? Is this just complaining? Did this? You know, sometimes you have to ask, does this have anything to do with me? Because a lot of times you mm-hmm. might trigger something has nothing to do with your context, but you hit the nerve that daddy didn't hug them enough for, and all of a sudden, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, absolutely. This had nothing to do with me. And yet you have to you have to ask that question, like, okay, is this legit? Like, is this something that mm-hmm. I have to look at? And So I think that's a good one. There's a, yeah, there's, there's a certain yeah. amount of humility in, in going like, just recognize just recognize that you could be part of the problem not that you are the problem i'm not saying you are i'm not saying you you did something terrible i'm saying there is the, there's always a possibility uh, i i i would almost go far as as far as to say is we are never 100% in the right i would almost go that far 
Um, there's always something yeah. you could have done better. Very, yeah, or very something rarely. more right. Very, very rarely is someone completely 100% in the right. Yeah. And honestly, most of the time, that's not determined until years later. Yeah, oh, yeah. Think no, of all sure. the protests that you know of that in the past that were 100% in the right for doing the protesting. When they were doing the protesting, everyone oh, around yeah. them thought they were wrong. Yep. Um, that's just like, um, you'll be proven right over time if you are right. Uh, that's that the history will yeah. prove you right if that's the case. Yeah, if you're on the right side of history, I think you just have to. You, it, it really is uh, not a gamble per se, but it's a it's it's a intentional choice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I see you on that. I think the other thing for me is examine your own motivation. I think that's a big one, and we kind of I kind of alluded to that beforehand. But to me, I I always want to go back to you know why am I doing this? What is this really going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I, if I go into a neighborhood that's known for atheists and I'm trying to hand out literature, I'm not a victim for getting the door slammed in my face multiple times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not the victim there, but if my motivation is, Hey, I want to help people out. Okay. I don't have to like, you know what I mean? Like, okay. All right. I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to find one, you know, even if there's one. Um, then you can say, all right, you know what? I'm trying to do something like this is, this is, you can use that as motivation to keep you going versus mm-hmm. if you just want to say, Hey, you suck. All you people who don't believe, like if you want to do the God's not dead kind of a thing, you know, and just walk into a classroom and be like, all you scientists are wrong. And then just, Oh, look, see how they're attacking me. Like I had people do this on Twitter all the time. Uh, there's one particular guy that I follow that I just, I just want to bash my head in through the wall because he'll say something Deliberately antagonistic, people will attack him, and then he'll like do a do a the office turn into a verbal camera and just yes. say, "See, see how they're always going after me." And I'm just like, "Dude, you slathered yourself in barbecue sauce and then jumped into the lion's den. Like you, you can't get angry when they bit you." Yeah, exactly. That's and that's one of the that's that's literally the Harambe. That's yeah. that's literally what that is. Yeah. I hate to reopen an old wound. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, but that's literally gorilla. what that, that is. The gorilla got blamed for actions of it. Uh, it's just one of those things. Or the kid in Disney. Um, there was a kid a couple of years ago. His family was at Disney Springs in, in Florida, I think, at the boardwalk or something. And basically, they, or they were near a beach area and the, where they weren't, I think, supposed to be. And the parents were not watching their kids at all, or their, their little kid. Yeah. And he was wandering up by the water. And, of course, a gator came out of the yeah. water because it's at night, and the gators always hang it's out near Florida. shore in Florida. Yeah. Just, and you they, went to Florida, yeah. expect gators. Yeah, and the gator got hunted down after the, the gator came out, obviously killed the kid, um, and the gator got hunted down and shot because it was deemed a threat to people. And, like, uh, he was doing fine up to that point, yeah. up until the point that the kid walked in the way. Or I watched a video today on Reddit where... Um, where a, a little kid, is, it looked yeah. like his parent was filming him, and this little like toddler, maybe a t- three-year-old or two-year-old, was walking up to this dog that had just had puppies or that had puppies in a corner, and he just kept trying to take one. And the dog, I cannot believe the dog had this kind of patience, would immediately would follow the kid a couple steps and realize what was happening and then try to take the dog, take the puppy back. And the dog never bit the kid. Amazed. The kid would try and pull the puppy away, and the dog would try to be like, no, you're not taking my dog. Uh, amazed that the dog didn't bite the kid 
and go for the kid. I would have bit the kid. At but that I'm point. like, like I, I'm a, surprised as a that human it didn't. in the room. I would have just <laughs> walked up and just bit him in the arm, and been like, Arf, Arf. yes. Um, that like no, yeah. Oh, um, the lady that the lady that was attacked by the jaguar. Yeah, like she went into the jaguar. You know what I mean? Like that's a wild. You jumped. Cat. Yeah, you put yourself in this position. You idiot! How like ah, Jesus loves no. him, but no, no, you're not the victim here. I think that absolutely is it. And and what's again? What's the motivation? Like what's the motivation behind that? Um, if you're trying to protect someone and you stand in front and you get pelted, yeah, okay. If you're trying to do the right thing, um. I think you have to be careful because, again, with motivation, I think Hitler thought he was doing the right thing. I don't know of a single bad guy so, in real life. That yeah, knew they so were you being, have to be a little yeah. bit careful with that. But I think if you examine and go, look, am, is this is this selfish? Is this unselfish? I'm trying to do I'm trying to do something yeah. that's good for other people. And again, you, uh, that's very subjective. But I think you have to examine. Yeah. I think if a you you stop and question, and then you examine yourself. So examine the circumstances, then examine yourself. I think is a better way of saying that. Um, and then you can say, "All right, maybe." Yeah, you know. I think the, the I think second I, question. I think I'm being victimized here. Out of all, I said this would be a running theme. Always, you should always have a true community around you. Yes. The third thing you can do so is ask the ask someone else he, to check yes. yourself. Um, ask am, someone am, you usually my, yes. disagree with. Yep. Am I in the right here? Am I in the wrong here? What is going on? Like, I, if we ever do a should we have a platform episode. I would be putting that question out on Facebook yeah. or in social media first, yeah. and then we discuss it here as an episode. But I would never be like, yeah, we're just going to have that I'll in a silo. I mean, we have biblical examples of this. Like with Jeremiah and other prophets, we're like, they go to the prophet, hey, are we supposed to do this thing? No. I don't like your answer. Other people that I pay, <laughs> are we supposed to do this? Yeah, sure, you're great. See? See? Why are you always so negative? And, and it's like... I feel for that prophet just like, right, well, then why are you even asking me? Like, yeah. So go to people that you usually disagree with, that you respect. Not even that you usually disagree with, but that you respect that, mm-hmm. that aren't in some way beholden to you. And I think if you can have friends that are willing to call you out in a very naked and open and honest way, naked emotionally. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, I don't you, judge other people. You are French blessed. No, yeah. No, for, but for us, it's more of a, it's more of a heat thing because your apartment gets so humid. Um, no, but it, it really is. It, it really is like you want somebody who's going to be completely transparent with you and just say, "Dude, this is mm-hmm. not. This is I no." Honestly, no. I've ended. I gotta be real with you, Chief. No, I've actually ended friendships where it's someone that I've said, "Like, hey, man, you're telling me something, and I don't like. I really don't think that's ethical. I don't think what you're doing is the right thing to do. Like, yeah. you're really making a mistake here." And he and this guy literally looked looked at me in the eye. Right in person, when I told him that, and I was speaking out of concern for him, like this wasn't like I just disagree with you, like you're being an idiot. No, this was like what you're doing is wrong, and I'm speaking up because I'm concerned for you and the other person involved. And he said, "Oh, no, I agree with you, but I'm still gonna do it. Like I don't care." And I was like, "See, and that's someone that's no longer in my life." You're not, and that to me, I think, is where that persecution complex comes in. If he had come after you. For disagreeing with him, you are the victim there because you were trying. You know what I mean? Like I'm legitimately trying to help you. Um, he's no longer the victim, yeah. or she's no longer. And he the was victim. someone who, like, this isn't just like a, a, an acquaintance. Like this is someone that I spent almost every day yeah. with yeah, yeah. for several years. This is someone that I was really close to. This and is someone still, that did very much had permission. Yeah. From we always had permission to, to call each other. Each other. Life. Yep. Exactly. Yep, 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 yep. Um, that permission was there. And I know we've said it before, but just disclaimer. Do not do this to a stranger unless Jesus, like, even if Jesus specifically tells you, think about it, 
think about it. Um, make sure that when you are talking to somebody in that way, that they have given you permission to do that, mm-hmm. to speak into their life in that way. Cause it's just, uh, yeah. Don't, yeah. don't walk up to a random stranger and just be like, be gone from the sin yeah. that is in there. Yeah. Don't build the relationship first. I don't think we should be painting ourselves as the victim. And I do think that we should be taking far more into consideration, uh, those that are impacted by what we do. And, and ultimately this, for me, this is, I'm, this is the last thing and then I'm done. Jesus was a victim. He was persecuted. How did he react? Read the Gospels, look through it again. Notice, he never has any self-pity. He never cries sorry. In fact, he even tells people, like, stop whining. Like, it's tough. Mm -hmm. Get going. And in fact, he turns to those who are persecuting him and tries to love them in the best way possible. Yeah. So Jesus never had to turn to someone and say, see, see how they treat me? I'm a victim. One time. And in that, the only reason he brought it up is because he goes, I can't minister to these people because a prophet has no honor in his home. They're not going to listen to me. Mm. They're not going to listen to me, so let's just go. I would argue there was one other time that he was he was upset about, not the fact that he was a victim, but like he was upset with the disciples, and that was because they fell asleep instead of praying for him. He's like, yeah. don't you see this is about to happen to me? Like, I, like Dude, what are you doing? You out? Yeah. <laughs> No, but he di- but he didn't wallow in that self pity. He just no. called them out like, "I need your help, guys." Seriously, he didn't sit there and go, "See, you always do this." Look, I am I am such a vet. He did not call attention to himself. Rather, he was like, "Dude, I need your help," or "I I want to minister to them, but I can't." He was trying to teach a lesson. And I think that's how we got to be if we feel that we are a victim. Yeah, no, that's I I completely agree with you. Um, so I, I, I think we've vented about this enough because this is something that both of us are really annoyed by. Rant, um, rant. And yeah, I, I, I do think we need to be more mindful of the consequences of our actions and what we're doing and uh, be questioning more. And and honestly, like even when we celebrate something good happening, I think we also still need to be mindful. Like I was just thinking about this today. We Adventists, I, I say Adventists, everyone does this. Like the big the biggest win for conversion in Adventism is when we get a pastor from another denomination to uh to switch that's like like the biggest because it's not just a win for the faith it's a win like in credibility we got someone who studied in 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 is a professional like we we tend to hype that that up and we go yeah "Yeah, we did it we got a pastor and they were like yeah yeah, i think that's yes okay we we hype up the most yes we hype up that the most that's what i'm saying and uh and but we never, never gave consideration to the church that that pastor left, the faith community that has now been wrecked by the figurehead or authority figure that they had, the trusted authority figure that they had, um, that is um, that that left, that abandoned everything that he had been teaching them was true, that that they teach it. Yeah. And so we never have consideration for them. Like, I do think we need to have, and, and that happens across denominations, Um I, I think we do need to have way more consideration for the people that are impacted by our choices. And I think that is something that does take the questioning that we've talked about here. And there's probably more you could do. I think that's a good starting place because that's a hard starting place. Yeah, these are not by any means full answers. Yeah. I think it's just a good place yep. to start. The other thing is, if you are angry, um, don't go on social media yet. Oh, uh, yeah. Lincoln process, letter. Process, Lincoln letter that. process and react inwardly. Respond... I don't. I won't say respond publicly, but that's when you can yeah, respond yeah, publicly. Yeah. Do not speak publicly until you've processed privately. Yeah. I think that's the way I would say it. 
Um, because yeah, that immediate reaction and the ability for us to process as a community instead of processing internally uh, means that our words can come back to bite us. Yep. Um, so just I, I would I would just say we we really do need to be careful. Um, but on that note, um, we're gonna we're gonna end here. So thank you guys so much for listening. Go. I'm not gonna use, say our usual stuff. Uh, all our contacts and all our contact info is in the show notes. But please go check out thescratchnews.com. Just check out the Kickstarter. Yes. If, yes. Please, we need your help. Um, and this is something we're passionate about. We've developed it for the last eight months, workshopped it. Please help us make this happen. Um, so thescratchnews.com. Thank you guys so much for listening, for supporting us, and we'll see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.